0: From deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fires from freedom with another episode of the Clover Tack Podcast. Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go. What's up, crew? Welcome to another Clover Tack Podcast. It is September the 8th, 2022. My. Where has the year gone? Uh, So welcome. We have a New York prepper down there in the waiting room, hopefully not eating all of the cookies. And uh, we're going to bring him in in a little bit, talk a little bit about his channel, talk about obviously some prepping stuff and who knows where the conversation may go. Let me take a moment and welcome all of those that are listening in the fabulous world of replay, uh, whether this is audio podcast or podcast youtube or wherever it might be thanks for uh thanks for joining us and remember like all the folks filing in live you can come in and not only catch the stream live but you can also participate out there in the comments i will kind of flag those comments keep them relevant to the topic and the conversation and no off the wall stuff and things like that obviously mind your manners and your language and all of that good stuff uh and uh, there won't be any issues but drop them out there i'll flag them be patient uh and we will get to uh any of the questions that we have out there as always uh this stream is powered by well not always but at least this particular season uh powered by trailblazer firearms a little bit more on those here later on and a big thank you to the Patreon patrons, the YouTube channel members. Yes, guys, the launcher pot poll is coming for that. So be looking for that in the next couple of days. Uh, also, thanks to those who super chat, super thanks, who purchased stuff over at Clovertac.com slash shop. And uh, as I always like to say that we are a proud member of the Firearms Radio Network. All kinds of cool podcasts. Go check them out over there. Firearms Radio Network net so let's uh get in the man of the hour New York prepper is in the house what's happening bro uh,
1: not much just uh,
0: relaxing here I hear you well first of all thanks for uh, thanks for coming on thanks for joining us appreciate it
1: thanks for having me
0: so I want to give you a second right here at the top of the, of the podcast for those that are not familiar with New York prepper um, give us a little bit of backstory. How did uh, how did you turn the camera on what prompted you to start the channel and uh, start everything that you're doing now?
1: So yeah uh, how I started my channel um, you know I, I've been watching prepping channels on YouTube for a very long time and you know I've been into prepping probably for like I would say 15 years or so and uh, firearms I've always been into firearms since I was a kid you know outdoors. So I just thought, you know, why don't I give it a try and make a couple videos? You know, I had some thoughts that I wanted to share with people that I haven't seen certain channels cover. So I wanted to share my own thoughts about different things, whether it was prepping, whether it was survival, whether it was firearms. You know, there was a lot of ideas I had that a lot of people didn't cover in their channels. So I figured, why not turn the camera on and, and you know, see what happens. And... Um, You know, I started out with just using my cell phone and my early videos were kind of like really low quality, you know. Um, So it's just crazy how how I look back at those old videos of mine and the the progress from then. But, um, yeah, that's kind of why I started my channel.
0: That's normal. I think uh, I think we all look back and cringe when we see some of the uh, some of the old stuff that we do. Old (laughs) stuff that we do.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Pretty we got funny.
0: uh Patriot out there. He says, uh he says, Clover he says, make sure you ask him about land nav. He's had a lot of good stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, land navigation is critical, I think, for prepping, for survival, for hunters, outdoorsmen, backpackers. You gotta know some basic land navigation. You know, you don't have to be, you know, like a Navy SEAL or anything, but, you know, just being able to use a compass, being able to use your map with the compass is very important in my opinion. Um, be, being able to, uh, you know, dead reckon, figure out your position where you are by looking at uh, different terrain features, terrain association. I think that's, that's a really important skill. Yeah,
0: and just having a map, I think, is something that probably most folks don't think about.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Um, just keeping a map, um, you know, good quality map and and understanding how to read a map, too. Um, You know, reading a topographical map and understanding the different map scales and uh topographical features you know being able to read a topographical map i think is really important the different types of north you know grid north true north uh magnetic north it's important to know all of those things um and it's not hard to learn you know right
0: now you know when when we hear the word prepper um uh, that's got a much different connotation nowadays i think than once upon a time i mean once upon a time everybody was a prepper um it was it was literally a way of life um and even in today's world in some parts of today's world there are people uh, that would qualify as you know as preppers on a a regular basis as a necessity i think as time has gone on and and you know the supermarkets are right around the corner and all of this other stuff prepping has become kind of a fringe thing, kind of a niche thing. Um, So I want to get your thoughts on, you know, what are your thoughts on the difference from the traditional sense of prepping and then kind of what that's morphed into maybe nowadays?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, with everything going on the last couple of years, you know, with, uh, you know, the pandemic and especially the pandemic, there's been a huge amount of people, uh, trying to get into prepping, and and it's not like the traditional preppers, like like you're talking about, where you're prepping for an EMP or something like that, a total collapse of society, you know, with you know bunkers and watching Alex Jones every day and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> FEMA camps. <laughs> right. right. Um, I think a lot of people now they get into prepping because they see the the actual real effects that you know, all these events around the world are having on their life. Like for example, the pandemic, um, you know, gas prices going up, which caused food prices to go up. So a lot of people are learning how to can their food so they can, you know, can food now and then, and put it away. So when prices go up, they just eat the canned food stuff like that, uh, growing their own food that's becoming popular. Um, so yeah there's different aspects of prepping i think you have different levels of prepping too you know you have some people that just do it for let's say they think that food is the biggest thing that they want to prep for so they they get heavy into the food prepping side of it with gardening and canning and stuff like that and then you have other ends of the spectrum where You know, people are prepping for nuclear war and and, uh, World War Three. And the last couple of years, there's been a a big influx of people that are interested in prepping. I've noticed it a lot. Um, So,
0: Well, when you get into and this is something that that we we don't really do it anymore, but we did. Uh, And as I tell this story, you'll 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 get the reason. And it was was honestly it was a it was a means of saving money. Which, right. you know, you you and what I'm talking about is dry canning. So what we would do is, my wife was into extreme couponing, okay. and that in combination with things on clearance, when you're talking about dry goods, right, cereal and potato chips and crackers and things like that, um, you know, she would pick those up, and those those would last. They're lasting okay length of time um things typically last well beyond their expiration date or the best, you know, best if used by date, I should say, right? right. Um, but you know, I can walk into the pantry now and have probably 8-year-old Cheerios canned in there and they taste just like you got them out of a pack brand new package today when I eat them. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, it extends the life of that product, right? So if if you have a going out of business sale or a big clearance sale or whatever the case may be using some of the tactics or employing some of the methods like dry canning, right. That preppers would use. Um, it's just, it's, it makes sense. It's a good way to save money.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of other things too, besides just food prepping, uh, for example, the use of a wood stove and alternate, you know, energy and heat sources like solar, Uh, Wood stoves can save a ton of money and they're great. Also, if the grid goes down, you have a place you can cook your food and heat your home and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a great point. Absolutely.
0: Well, I think, you know, you said you kind of live out in the sticks. I mean, I'm the same way, although we have had pretty darn good Internet for decades now, which is is great. We're on a little co-op that really takes care of us on that front. Mm -hmm. Uh, but when you live out in the sticks, one of the issues that you have, and I don't know if you, you face this and if that, if that played in at all to your, to your whole idea of, of, of prepping, I would not consider myself anywhere near on your level, but, um, there are times, particularly in bad winters here, it's Texas. We don't get bad winters very often. Um, but when we do, things can be frozen over tree limbs break trees fall completely um and you're talking about a loss of electricity sometimes you know up to a week or more um if if we get a hurricane that happens to come over this way which is very rare but again it's the same deal you're talking about being without electricity for a week so like what what do you do right do you have enough fuel for the generators do you have um you know, do you have alternative means of communication? Because I hate to tell you, yes, cell phone towers have a generator or a battery backup system, but that only goes so long. Exactly. (laughs) You know?
1: Yeah.
0: And so did that, you know, living in the sticks, is that, have you lived in the sticks your entire life? And has that played a role in, in your prepping?
1: Oh yeah. Well, I didn't live my entire life in the sticks. I grew up like in the kind of a suburban area. And then uh, once I got, into high school i moved into the sticks so pretty much most of my life living in a rural area um and it is a lot different when you live in the country because you lose power a lot more often and that was one thing that i i learned once i moved out of the suburbs you know in the suburbs you have um the power grid is well maintained you know you have a lot of uh linemen that are on standby if something goes down they fix it right away when you're further out, you know, sometimes I remember, uh, before I moved to PA, when I was in New York, sometimes there would be a storm. It would just be like a basic summer thunderstorm. It wasn't like a a tornado, just a simple thunderstorm. And the power would go out for like two or three days, you know, by the time the trucks come in, it takes them a whole day just to get the trucks to dispatch the guys, you know, then they got to clear the, the, branches or debris out of the way then they got to reconnect the line it takes some time you know people today they just think that everything is just oh snap of the finger right. the power's just going to be back on right away it's not doesn't work that way and um so yeah that definitely you know i've i've had a few experiences similar to what you're describing in texas i mean we don't get a lot of actually ice storms up here because it's um it's actually in the winter, it's cold enough where it's just pure snow. Usually, mm-hmm. um, we do get ice storms, but they're not as bad as down there. I think, uh, I think you guys get them right. worse, but I remember w- one storm in particular was, um, it was like, I think 2013 or 2012, we had a blizzard on Halloween. It was like oh, we wow. got eight, 18 inches of snow in 24 hours, and nobody expected it because it's like you know blizzard on halloween like nobody was prepared it just came out of nowhere and the the forecasters were saying oh it's just going to be like three inches or six inches at the most and then it's going to change to rain and melt well it never happened that way it actually turned out to be like a monster storm and the temperatures dropped and it was you know it buried the whole area and we lost power for like three days and i remember um the the bad thing about that storm was that initially the temperature was like just above freezing so we were getting like this like freezing rain and then the temperature dropped at night just below freezing and that's when everything changed to snow so you had like ice first and then you had this like you know just pounding of snow right on top of all the ice and all the branches just broke and, Yep. You could just go in the woods and hear trees falling like cracking everywhere, it was crazy. Um, but that was definitely something that that kind of made me think, Oh wow, you know, luckily this was only three days. What if it was a week, two weeks? You know, um, you know, luckily I've always been into the outdoors, you know, since I was a kid, so. I always have, you know, boots and good clothes and, you know, I have my hunting gear and everything. So I wasn't afraid of like freezing, but still, um, you know, it makes you think. And uh, yeah, we've had a lot of situations like that. And uh, also, you know, living in New York pretty much most of my life um, up until a year ago, uh, there was one really bad hurricane in uh, the New York area. It's Hurricane Sandy. I'm not sure if you remember that one or not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, that hit Long Island like really hard. And, you know, thankfully it, it didn't hit our area because we were, you know, upstate, but um, it hit Long Island hard. And I just remember just the the, the sheer chaos that happened there because nobody expected it. Everybody sure. was, you know, the the forecasters were downplaying it, saying, oh, it's not going to be that bad. And then, you know, there were people that didn't have power for like weeks. It was it was pretty bad. and And, you know. Uh, I mean, nothing like Katrina or something like that, but still, you know, you got to really see the the way people respond when they're not ready and when they're when they don't have resources. There were people fighting over gas and just just total craziness, you know, and I said, I don't want to be that person, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. So never forget out there. uh, I'm going to hit on uh, that comment here in a uh, in a minute. First, I want to take a break. Uh, pause for the cause, so to speak, and uh, talk about Trailblazer since this podcast is powered by Trailblazer Firearms. And if you're not familiar with Trailblazer, you should be because those guys not only are the awesome guys, but they are really putting some thought and innovation uh, into uh, the couple of products that they've put out. They certainly have a lot more products on the drawing board. Uh, the most uh, popular one The one that probably put them on the map, I guess you could say, uh, is the life card. If you're not familiar with that, uh, there are some videos on the channel and uh, check those out. But the life card is a essentially a credit card size, little single shot uh, 22 or 22 Magnum handgun um, could be beneficial, useful in a few different scenarios. Uh, And then one that we're patiently awaiting the release of is the pivot nine millimeter carbine. Uh, and if you really want to see some cool things done with a firearm, the pivot is the one to check out for sure. And I've got some videos, uh, on that as well on the channel. So go check out all that stuff over at, uh, trailblazer firearms. And as far as the life card, if you do decide to, uh, pun intended here, pull the trigger on that, uh, you can get uh, 10% off with uh, clover tag. So, uh, yeah, get my, uh bug off the screen and get back to both of us. So never forget out there, he says, prepping isn't hoarding. It's no different than preparing for a hurricane coming. If a hurricane uh, coming, you get ready. So why not ready? Uh, Be ready all the time. And so that brings up a a sticky situation. When, you know, you've got some people, like when we go through the ammo shortage that we've kind of went through Uh, I would say, it's for the most part, it's alleviated. I've been to a lot of big box stores around here. Certain pockets Mm -hmm. of the country, I get how it might not be. But around here, you go to any of the big box stores, and, I mean, their their shelves, the prices are higher, uh, but they're pretty stocked on the shelves. It's not difficult to get a hold of anything. But we did go through a drought. That seems to be pretty common every five, six years, seven years, something like that. And whenever you... You hear people, oh well, they're hoarding the they're hoarding the ammo. They're hoarding the ammo, right? Um, the same thing happened when the pandemic hit and we had hand sanitizer and toilet paper, right? That yep. was something that, like, who would have seen that coming? And people were <laughs> accused of hoarding. Now, at what point, and I do, you know, I think it's obvious if somebody's buying up everything that they can get their hands on and then they're turning around, they're putting it on Craigslist or Facebook or whatever it might be. Right. And selling and selling it for a profit profiteering. Right. Yep. Um, off of a, a sort shortage or off of panic buying. I think that's a, that's maybe a different situation than hoarding. Um, I don't know where the distinction comes for me between hoarding and prepping because I've got all kinds of outbuildings on the property full of stuff that my wife constantly is on my case about. Um, but it never fails that I need something and that's part of the reason I'll buy it or I'll keep it or I'll put it up. It's because like you never know and I might actually need this. So I don't, while some people might call me a hoarder for that, I don't see myself as a hoarder. So where do you find the, where do you find the line? Where do you put that line between prepping and hoarding?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question because, uh, you know, it's easy to get carried away and I've seen people get carried away and uh even myself you know uh once when i first got into prepping i you know you buy a lot of things just cuz you you think you need it and then you don't need it and it just sits around and you never use it you know like i think i have like 10 or 15 backpacks you know like bug out bags that you know when i first bought them they i thought they were good and then you try them out and they don't fit well and then you buy something better and then you have stuff that ends up laying around that you don't use you know um you know, you have to be realistic. Uh, you know, I always tell people you prep to live, you don't live to prep, you know, um, it's easy to get carried away and yeah, prepping is in a way it's fun, you know, because you know, you're doing something that that's going to help you, but you can get Mm -hmm. carried away with it too. And, and panic buy, you know, panic buying is the worst thing to do. Um, you just have to kind of realize that, um, You know, you can you can buy, you know, a year's worth of food, but you might not ever have to use a year's worth of food. But uh, three months worth of food is is much more realistic. You know, three months of food doesn't take up a lot of space, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of situations where having three months of food on hand will come in handy, you know, versus a year's worth of food. That's great, but you may not necessarily need that much, you know, so I think um and then that goes for everything like ammunition and, and stuff um if you have the money by all means you know if you have the money and you have the space if that's not an issue for you then of course you know stockpile as much as you can but mm-hmm. if you're like me or most americans you know you know you're on a budget and you have you know you don't have a a mansion or anything where you can just pile up all kinds of stuff and bunkers everywhere right. um you have to kind of draw a line and and it, it's you got to kind of think about it in, in your own, you know, everybody's situation is different. So I'm not just mm-hmm. going to say, you know, that's too much or this is too little because you got to figure out at what point is it too much? You know, if you're piling up food and you don't have room in your own house to move around and you just have, you know, piles of stuff everywhere, that's an issue, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but I always well, tell also, people like yeah
0: you know also if you're not if you're stocking up you know piling up so much and not paying attention to how it's kept in the expiration dates where it'll go bad before you ever get a chance to use it that makes no sense
1: exactly yeah you have to rotate your your Mm -hmm. preps you know rotate them and um that's that's very important Uh, a lot of things will go bad and, and i'm glad you mentioned like storage um you know, one thing that I do is I I try to keep all my stuff in a in a dry area. That's very important. Dry and and relatively stable temperature. So I keep like most of my preps either in my basement or which I have a dehumidifier there to keep the basement dry. And then I have some other rooms like in my house that I keep stuff, so it's mostly temperature stable and climate controlled and especially like stuff like ammunition or powders, primers, things like that. You definitely, definitely want to keep the humidity under control. You know, you don't want to put stuff in your garage where it's going to be like 90 degrees one day and the other day could be below freezing or something, you know. Right. Um,
0: Constitutional Jesus out there. Well, I like to call him anyway. He says the difference between prepping uh and hoarding is organization, but even then it's still prepping. And and I think so. I think, you know, kinda like I was talking about the food, but it could be anything. Like, you know, I like to keep heck, I just used some one by what it was it, one by twelve today. I had a couple of uh uh three to four foot sections, right? Of one by twelve lumber. So I always yeah. keep my scraps. I mean I don't keep little bitty things, but always right, right. keep um my scraps. But you know i keep them in a place that's covered and you know dry and it's not like it's raining on them or anything like that right and so um you know i think there's a difference between when we're talking about hoarding or prepping or whatever i think there's a difference a hoarder would maybe just pile all that stuff up in the backyard right right and and not keep it in a fashion that way when they need it it's usable right right um and it's kind of the same way i think with the uh with the food, it kind of works the same way. I mean, if you're not storing that stuff properly, if you're not paying attention to it, then what good is it going to do in a, in a prepping situation? And the answer is it's not right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. And, and, uh, you know, I think also hoarders are not really very methodical with what they do. You know, they're not thinking through why am I buying this? How am I going to use it? Do I know how to use it? They just think just like, with the pandemic you know with the ammo crisis i think there were a lot of people that never shot a firearm in their life and they're just like wow i just got to buy this ammo and i don't even know what kind of ammo it is i don't know i don't even have a gun for it i just want to get it you know Just, <laughs> right. that, that to me is just hoarding and that's like kind of dumb you know but <laughs> yeah yeah you know got
0: g23 out there he says scrap wood is kindling um it depends on the size of the wood i don't know if you priced lumber lately but i was super thankful i had that four foot whatever it was piece of one by 12 because those aren't cheap right now so you'll having that uh there's no way i would uh i would burn burn it it now (laughs) now if it is you know, it depends on the dimensions, right? Like I said, I'm not gonna keep every little cut off and things like that. But uh, if it can be used, you know, if I see it, it might have a use later on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it around. Just me. Um, yeah, let's let's hit a palate cleanser. Uh, got a lot of folks uh, joining in a little bit late, which is, is perfectly all right. Um, Smith Life. That's the only organization in my life. Is my preps. And you know what? Uh, I want (laughs) to hit on that. I want to hit on that here in a second. But first, we'll do a little pallet. cleanser here from 500 Magnum. He said, Clover, uh, what are you carrying today? He says, I have my Smith & Wesson shield and 40 Smith & Wesson. So, um, the Glock 42 today, when I I ventured out, I had to go to grandparents' day at the uh, school. Obviously, I wasn't able to carry in the school. But, 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 but. Uh, my grandkids do go to a, to a school where the teachers are armed. So, or some of them, some of the employees are armed, put to you that way. Um, and, uh, it was, a, there was a pretty good law enforcement presence there actually today with the influx of all the grandparents coming and going and, and the chaos with all of that. Um, and of course, I know those guys, so it was great to have a conversation with them or whatever. So, uh, yeah, didn't get to uh, didn't get to carry it much uh, as far as around the property today. Um, yeah, I ditched the forty two and went with the uh, the MC nineteen eleven Hunter in ten millimeter because uh, ten millimeter is the best millimeter. So, uh, if I'm going to be around and uh, stumble across something, I want to make sure I got a big enough round to handle that. On the property, anyway. Um, what about you, Prepper? Did you uh, did you find yourself carrying anything today?
1: Yeah, that's uh, one thing that I try to do as much as I can now. And I actually just recently had an experience. I'm going to probably do a video on it soon. But I, I I had a life life or death experience recently where I um, kind of learned learned a little bit of a lesson from it about carrying is that you know, you should definitely carry as much as you can. If you have a, a permit or you live in a constitutional carry state, whatever the situation is, if you can legally carry, carry as much as possible, you know. And um, I think, yeah, today I, I, I didn't really go out much, but I did do a few errands. I always carry my uh, 44 Magnum snub nose, which a lot of people would think is overkill, but actually with the short barrel, it's, just a little bit more powerful than a 10 millimeter and then with moderate power loads it's kind of like like a, a a 10 millimeter like a hot 10 millimeter um which for me you know i don't i don't live in new york city or anything i'm not super worried about over penetration um and and honestly i in certain situations i want to have more penetration just like you said you know you want a little bit more power with that 10 millimeter sometimes it's a good thing you know right got uh mr knives out there hasn't seen him in a
0: while he says 38 super shall rule them all uh i like 38 super it, it it doesn't have a uh doesn't have a really big following in the uh in the states unfortunately uh james showing up out there he says i've been sub to prepper for a long time he's taught me so much about prepping in different situations so uh definitely definitely people out there that uh that you have helped. Let me, uh, let Glad me hit on that. this one. Right. Quick. Um, the Smith life, what, uh, they said, the only uh, organization in my life is my preps. And so, you know, that's, that's an interesting comment. The reason I wanted to come back to that is there are people in this world that are not organized And there also are people that are, they seem like they're not organized, but they've got their own weird mythology to organizing stuff. Yep. (laughs) Um, So prepping could be one of those things, even on a, even on a smaller basis. uh, I think prepping could be one of those things that helps you with your organizational skills
1: potentially. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Uh, for sure. Cause you got to, Keep track of everything. Uh, Another thing that you know I I started to do, and I recommend people do, is like you were saying with the uh, rotation of the preps. You can keep like a little logbook so you know, like where you know. Let's say you bought uh, rubbing alcohol today or bleach, you know, and it has an expiration date. Usually, bleach goes bad after a few months. You keep a logbook so you know okay, I, I know that I have to rotate this out or use it because it's going to go bad and, and kind of keep track of everything. So, yeah, it definitely helps with organization. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great, great point. Yeah,
0: Constitutional Jesus says, prepping's helped uh, him get better organized in other parts of his life. Yeah, it's, there's always going to be overflow. WD out there throwing his uh, EDC, says Glock 45 AARP. <laughs> for the uh, for the EDC. I don't have a problem with that. It's a Glock. It's 45 ACP. Pretty solid. Uh, pretty solid choices there. So yep. um, I'll give you a grief. But uh, yeah, pretty, pretty solid. Um, now, you were talking earlier. You were talking about, you know, growing food. And I always say that I don't care if you even if you live in an apartment in a big city. Learn to grow Something edible. Um, you can learn to grow, I mean, bean sprouts, alfalfa sprouts, you can grow in an apartment. Um, herbs and things, you can grow in an apartment. Yep. Um, if you've got a balcony, anything like that, or something where you can put hanging plants. I've grown cucumbers, tomatoes, all kinds of things out of hanging baskets. Um, learn to grow is what I tell people. Um, always be growing something. You don't have to have a big garden. You don't have to have, you know, uh, the back 40 that you plow twice a year. And, you know, all this, you don't have to have all of that. You don't have to have, you know, a garden with 15 different, if you, if you've got land and time and, and, and you want to do that, um, I think it's awesome. Uh, but learn to grow because first of all, there's a certain satisfaction in being able to grow something you can eat, but second of all, there's something with the, for me with the confidence level, right? Like, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff, and this comes from from being in the sticks. So you probably identify. I do a lot of, um, or I can do a lot of things. I want to say I do. I can do a lot of things myself. Doesn't right. mean I do, but I can. In other words, I've done it before. I know how to do it now when we talk about changing the oil in my truck or, or rotating the tires or, or, you know, putting an alternator on or, a, you know, something like that, or woodworking stuff like I was talking about today, uh, you know, fixing the a hole in the barn or the door or something like that. Um, doesn't mean I'm always going to do it myself, right? I may not want to. And so that's right. what makes the world go around. I'm going to call somebody that does that plumber, for example, uh, and go, Hey, come out here and do it. I'm going to pay that guy. And, uh, you know, I don't get dirty and I don't get nasty and I know it's done right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and, you know, because while I do know how to do it, I'm certainly not the best depending on what it is. Right. Yep. Um, and I think it's that same approach that I tell people with uh, with growing food. You know, you need to be regularly growing things that are edible and it's going to build your confidence that at least should something happen that
1: you can do that if you need to. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. I mean, having those skills, you know, growing food is just, it's a whole thing, you know, I mean, just talk to any farmer. I mean, there's just so much that goes into farming. People think it's like, oh, you know, you just plant some corn and cut it down. There's like crazy, like so many things, like I'm surrounded by farmers and, you know, like when I talk to them, they tell me about like the percentage of like moisture in the corn and they cut the corn at night instead of the day. And there's just like so many things that go into it. And I mean, it's a huge thing. It's, it's, you know, um, it's better to start now and learn about growing food now while the grid is working and you can read books and you can talk to people and you can practice, you know? So when something does happen, if you have to grow stuff, on your own you'll be able to you're not just going to be clueless like oh my gosh you know i don't know what to do now you know and panic
0: (laughs) right um you know and another thing comes to mind too and that's foraging um a lot of people don't there are some very nicely edible things out there in the woods there's also things that will kill you yes Uh, and and so (laughs) you know it's something that you definitely want to brush up on whether it's a wilderness course or we have access with with at the palm of our the palm of our hand the the tips of our fingers nowadays yes um that i'm sure you could google what are wild edible plants in my area or something right and and then maybe go out on a hike and and try to look for some things right and find some things um and i say that because it, it freaks people out but i talk about um something that grows wild here uh as an example that's that's pretty amazing and the nutrition value is super high. Um, we all know that spinach, spinach is a superfood. Um, but one thing that grows wild here is called poke salad.
1: Hmm. I never heard of it.
0: And you have to boil it down a couple times. This is where, otherwise it may make you sick, right? right. You have to parboil it a few times and the preparation is way different than just going to the store and buying spinach and throwing it in a pot with some eggs, right? Um, way different than that however um, you fix that stuff up with some scrambled eggs um, and you can't I, I guarantee if I if I fed you it you would think it was spinach and eggs you couldn't tell the difference and nutritional wow. value is essentially the same and it grows wild all over the place but you got to know what it looks like <laughs> so yep. that you get the right stuff and um, you gotta you've got to know how to prepare it but again it gets back to an information thing right like, there, we have we're in an age of information, yet I think so many people they I don't know whether it's the 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 wheel they don't have the wheel to to learn more about things. And in a way, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't learning things and knowing things, isn't education, isn't wisdom, isn't that sort of stuff isn't that a a big part of prepping? Like if you had no tangible goods, but you had all kinds of information, right? That would be almost as good, wouldn't it?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I tell that to people all the time that, you know, one of the main things for prepping is, is not so much stockpiling ammo and food and, and firearms, you know, and that's great. It's great if you have that, but what happens if all of that gets taken away for some reason, you know, let's say, Let's say you buy yourself 20 acres in the mountains, you put a cabin on it, you stock it with stuff. What happens if, you know, uh, a tree falls on your cabin or a, a twister comes through and destroys it? You know, all your preps are there. Everything is gone. You know, you can't just rely on on material items. You need to have knowledge. You need to have also you know, knowledge is something that you can take with you everywhere you go. It's never gonna leave you as long as you know your, you know, your mental capacity is or your faculties are still working properly, you know, and not messed up for whatever reason. But your knowledge you can take with you. It's free. It's easy to, you know, there's like ebooks now. You can buy an ebook for like two bucks sometimes, yeah. you know. And yeah. some of these ebooks are so good, like it's about like anything you can imagine, marksmanship. Growing food, uh, self-defense, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's just so many things, land navigation, you know, you can buy these ebooks for like so cheap nowadays. I remember, you know, back in the day, if you wanted a book on something, you'd have to drive to the store and spend like 20 bucks on a hardcover book. And now you have everything, they even have audio books. Like if you're commuting, if you have to commute to work and you have a long commute, you can get an audio book on on how to grow food or yeah you know, marksmanship or, you know, hand-loading ammo, and you can listen to that audiobook every day while you're driving, and after a week or two, you're going to have a pretty good understanding. Um, so, yeah, knowledge is important, and I think also, obviously, experience and skills, uh, putting your skills to use and practicing with them, and, and that's something that uh, is important as well. And, and uh, you know, when it comes to, like, foraging, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because so many people they don't even know what's around them. Like, um, right. Yeah. Totally. Like because it's our society, you know, we, we live in our houses or our offices or in our cars. We never actually venture out into the woods to see what's out there, you know, and, and, and just knowing, you know, your area, you know, what kind of trees grow in your area, what trees are good for firewood, what trees can provide nuts, you know, um, uh, understanding the different wildlife and their habits, you know, and and stuff like that and and the the local climate, you know, being very familiar. And that only comes with, you know, obviously research and and reading, but also going out there and spending time outdoors and understanding, learning. You know, I think that's really important because, you know, you can stockpile everything you want, but it can be all taken away. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Yep.
0: Yeah. And I mean, people don't, don't think about, uh, well, I hope I remember this. So I don't want to get away from the knowledge thing too far because what I wanted to say is one thing that I like to do is either have a book or print it. Um, and the reason is there's a lot of information and being able to retain that information, uh, sometimes can be difficult. Um, But if you're talking about, no electricity if you're talking about some type of a, an EMP situation uh you're not going to be able to take a flash drive or a laptop or your phone or whatever and be able to get that information so having things like that printed off yes can be beneficial Absolutely. um the other thing that that you know I, I, depending on who it is and and you're not going to be that way and and everybody out there in the chat i'm sure is not going to be that way that depending on who I'm talking about, thinks I'm crazy. But, you know, I like, and you can go to like old bookstores that have closed down, things like that, and buy weird books. And by weird, I mean like, how does nuclear power work? How does does coal-fired electricity plants work? How do water filtration plants work, right? Because what would happen if our infrastructure was here we just went through a pandemic, right? What yep. if we went through a pandemic so bad that it wiped out two thirds of the population, right? It wiped out all the people that drill on oil rigs, all the you know, or most of them, right? Most of the people that run the water filtration plants, most of the people that run the um, the electrical power plants, right? Whatever yep. form that might be. Yep. The infrastructure is still there, but who's going to run it, right? Who's going to maintain exactly. it? Who's going to try to keep it going? Right. And so having having knowledge like that, and it's not like you have to know everything about it. It's just, you know, I know a little bit and then I've got this book that hopefully I can fumble my way through it if I ever need to. Um, And that's honestly, for me, that's the most likely the funnest, the funnest apocalyptic scenario would be the zombie apocalypse. Hand down, hands down. Right. (laughs) But but it's also the least likely. Yep. the exactly. the most the most likely, I think, is a really bad pandemic. It's it's happened in yes. history many multiple times, and when you're talking about losing that many people, um, there are there are folks that knowledge is going to be a a very valuable commodity, and it doesn't matter whether or not you went to school for it or you got a degree. What matters is do you know how to do it?
1: Right. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with you, you know, understanding a lot. There's a lot of stuff in our society that it's like we we don't understand how things work, but they're so critical for our everyday life. And and we just people don't bother to read about, like you said, nuclear power or even understanding uh, like nuclear war. You know, it sounds crazy, but, um, you know, 90 percent of Americans now they have no idea what you know how how would a nuclear war play out you know what are the main targets how do you protect yourself these are things that like 50 years ago everybody knew and now nobody knows and 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 it's just like the same thing with the power plants like you mentioned or or just a lot of other stuff you know like uh even just having understanding of how farming works farming is so important and It's just understanding like the basics, like, you know, what are the seasons? How do you grow it? Mm -hmm. You know, um, back in the day. Oh, my
0: God. Medical. And we we didn't remember that. But like, you know, without hospitals and, you know, emergency care clinics around the corner. Right. um, People are going to die from really simple things.
1: Yes, absolutely. And
0: so it's important to know about treatments. Right. And especially homeopathic, I guess, would be whatever the, the terminology is for that. Right. Um, you know, home remedy treatments, if at all possible. Um, yep. You know, how do you how, if you have a severe cut? Right. And you've got to stitch it up. You know, can you do that with a fishing hook or a needle and some thread? You absolutely can do that. Um, question is, do you know how to do that?
1: <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> yeah that's that's a great point yeah absolutely uh there's so much that goes into medical but i I totally agree on that i think uh there's a lot of also uh homeopathic things you can do like even if you're in the wilds um you know for example birch oil a lot of people are not familiar with the properties of birch oil Mm -hmm. um, but birch oil was used for centuries in uh, slavic countries to uh treat wounds to fight infections they would actually drink the the birch juice the, the sap from the birch trees to kill parasites like uh uh you know what are they the tapeworms you know mm-hmm. um right so yeah there's a lot of stuff you can do and obviously emergency medicine just you know knowing how to use a tourniquet knowing how to apply a pressure bandage um you know just simple things like that you know are, are very uh, critical in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And, and before we even get to medical, I think that, you know, another prepping thing that I don't think a lot of people think about and, and fat redneck white boy here is not, is not, I'm not preaching at you. I promise I'm not, <laughs> but being in as good of shape health wise as you can possibly be. Right. Because if you're, absolutely dependent upon medications that you don't necessarily need to be dependent upon, right? Um, if you are prone to illnesses and other things, because you're, you're not at least trying to be healthy, um, that's going to be exaggerated. You know, I think about you know, rules of zombie land, cardio, right? (laughs) It's like the first ones to go were the fatties, you know? (laughs) And again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not preaching to anybody out there. I promise I'm not, Um, you know, and, and I make fun with that, with that movie reference, but it's true, right? Like there's, there's certain people out there that, um, and if you have legitimate conditions, I get that. That's not your fault. But if you're eating McDonald's cheeseburgers every day of the week, maybe cut back to one a week or one a month or something and find something a little (laughs) healthier to eat in the meantime. Right. Um, because you think that's bad now, um, you know, those people that just, I don't know, we live in kind of a gluttonous society now because fast food and everything is so easy to get. And I do love it. Don't get me wrong. Um, (laughs) But I, those people won't survive, I don't think because you know they're so used to eating that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I mean think about when the grid goes down, you know for however long it goes down, it could just be a couple of weeks a couple of months you don't know I mean if depending on the situation, but um, I mean physical fitness is the in one of the cornerstones of, of your ever even just everyday life i mean being in shape decent shape you don't have to be you know a marathon runner or the world's strongest man or anything just you know being in the best shape that you can be for your for your body you know everybody has different genetics everybody has different conditions you know genetic conditions that you're born with that might limit you um being in the best possible shape that you can be for yourself is so important and Right. when you think about prepping i mean what happens if like you have to defense defense uh you know yourself or your family against somebody and if you're out of shape you can't defend yourself because after 30 seconds you're you're huffing and puffing or right you know, what happens if you have to cut down a tree for firewood and split it and stuff you know if you're out of shape oh how good are you, lord you know how right. are you going to do that or if you know, you have to till a field, you know, whatever, you know, there's so many things. If you have to bug out, I mean, that's a whole, a whole nother thing, but if you have to bug out and go on foot, what happens if you're at at your job and something happens, you know, I mean, we live in very crazy times. What if, you know, North Korea or something sends a missile over and power goes out and you're 50 miles away from home and you get the only way to get back home to your family is to walk. You know, if you're, Overweight and you don't do any kind of exercise—that's going to be a big problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Oh. <laughs> I
0: had something else. It was that was on my mind, and I was going through some of these uh, comments out there. G twenty three says, "I sewed up more with sewing needle and fishing line." My grandfather, God rest his soul, passed away at you know I don't know ninety early nineties. Back the first part of the year. Uh I can tell you the number of times I went over his house and he would have monkey blood and I don't remember what that is, but but it's a that's a brand name obviously for something. Um but he was real big on the monkey blood and he would have cut himself with a knife, a saw, something, and literally sewing thread in a needle. And wow. uh he was a tough old bird. Uh <laughs> and he would do it. But, you know, if it's if it's sew it up or bleed to death. Right. Or die or die from infection. Right. Right. It's like at the point you have no choice.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: you may think, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. You'd be surprised what you do when you, you're in a situation that you're forced to do it. Right. And so I think that's where that that's a good way as we get up to the top of the or to, to start closing this out. I think. I think I think that mindset plays a lot in it, right? Like yep. Knowing that you're going to be faced with those difficult decisions beforehand, that way you're not shocked by them. To start That's thinking it. about scenarios, somebody out there was uh, was talking about that earlier. Uh, Travis is who it was. He says start by prepping for personal emergency, loss of a job or income. Absolutely, house fire, right? Um, family emergency, out of town. He said then think about local emergencies like natural disasters. Then think about the you know apocalyptic events and absolutely i think that 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 the mindset part of prepping even if you don't stockpile anything um it's about being prepared right and being mentally and physically we talked about physically prepared but being mentally prepared is just as important as being what would it be being supplied you know supply prepared yes. there's <laughs> supp- supply prepared there's physically prepared and then there's mentally prepared and i think it i think it all has to start at mentally prepared
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think that's one aspect that a lot of people neglect is the mental aspect, you know, and that's not just knowledge. But like you said, you know, uh, putting your, you know, put kind of like thinking about different scenarios, you know, what would I do in this situation? Um, and and you could even go a step further and try to kind of like replicate those situations. And, and it's almost like a, like, like a, like testing yourself, you know um, I'm not saying you should stitch yourself up the next time you get cut, but <laughs> <Right. you> know, <laughs> right. yeah. there's other situations, you know, you can use your imagination, like practicing a bug out, like throw your bug out bag on and go for a 10 or 20 mile hike, you know, see, yeah. you know, see what, what are the gaps in your gear, you know, is, or do your boots fit well, you know, was the pack too heavy uh, do you need to do more cardio, etc.? You know, did you, did you, did something surprise you along the way? You know, so yeah, the, the scenario aspect is, is really important. That's, that's critical. Right.
0: Got grumpy guys out there. Thank you, Methylade. That is, uh, that's it. That is it. Uh, I, it's, I've always heard it monkey's blood for, years and years and years and years, decades, my whole life. So I can't ever remember that. Um, but yeah, when you're talking about, when you're talking about things like stitches on yourself or something like that, you know, they do sell, you can get on Amazon right now. They do sell kits that uh, they're for EMT, for not EMTs, but but medical personnel, right? To train on. They do really? make kits to practice that kind of stuff. Yep, that's um, true. Yep. And, and you can... Uh, pick up actual sutures so you know um the ones i have i've got um i've got a lot of different medical things my um i've got an aunt that teaches uh in a nursing school as for almost her entire life or in her entire career um but the hospitals will donate things that are like close to expensive quote-unquote expiring right right but things like sutures it's like they're sealed up in alcohol you know what i mean it's like right (laughs) what is there to go bad if the seal's not broken like (laughs) and they're still in alcohol it's like are they are they you know are they going to be bad you know and it all has to do with how they're kept and other things so i'm just saying that there's there's ways to uh get some of those supplies that you may not think Uh, super glue was one of those things when we're talking about cuts. Yeah. Uh, I was
1: just going to say super glue. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, if you have to, you know, sure. But I would agree with you. Don't do it unless you absolutely have to, you know, last resort. Right. You
1: know,
0: seek, seek proper medical attention first. Um, you know, if you, if you at all can. So, um, now she fires out there. Uh, I guess she got where she was going. She said she was driving earlier. Hopefully, she's not texting and driving. It says keep a list of all your emergency contacts and resources uh, on a paper, and then take a pic of the list with your phone. Um, yeah, I like uh, yeah. I like that idea. And then we had another one. Oh, uh, Mr. Roboto up here, a- and I think this 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 is a good one. Really, to end on, he says get to know your neighbors, uh, uh, be nice to them be helpful. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think, I think knowing the people around you, we live in a world where people literally live next door to pe- other people for years or decades and have never met them.
1: That's sad. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know,
0: and we live in a world like that. And so, um, you know, here there's a lot of value in knowing people, you know, I live, like you said, in the sticks, Small towns everywhere. Everybody knows everybody. And so if a situation comes where, now the communication would be difficult, right? Potentially. But if a situation came up in you know whatever disaster, apocalyptic scenario that we've got, odds are I know someone that can probably help me do or tell me how to do, right? Whatever yep. it is I need to do.
1: Absolutely,
0: communication is going to be <laughs> going to be the problem yep. so uh but again that gets back into whatever it is if it is a you know pandemic style situation hopefully they've lived um but you know communication won't be nearly as bad as you know an emp or you know something of that nature um pepper i want to give you uh, a couple of minutes here uh if you need that long anyway to um tell folks before we get out of here, where all are you at on the social medias and anything important you got coming up, you need to get out there, whatever. I'll give you the floor again. And, uh, this is the shameless promotion section of the
1: podcast. So good after it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. I I really enjoy talking about prepping and survival firearms. uh, I could talk all day about it. Um, So thanks for having me on and taking the time to uh, do this. Um, Yeah, I really don't post much outside of YouTube, honestly, just because um, just so much effort goes into just posting on YouTube. It's hard for me to post on all different social medias. I do have an Instagram and I have a Twitter. Um, I usually just use the Instagram for kind of like... um, not so so much like heavy stuff you know like the world is ending tomorrow or something like that or you know it's kind of more light and just me sharing stuff like if i'm out on a hike or i'm at the range i'll snap a pic and share stuff it's kind of more like behind the scenes new york prepper and then uh my twitter i use that if i have to do some kind of quick update or if i have to share something that i can't share on youtube because of youtube's policies and then i have a website uh www.newyorkprepper.com Spell that out new york prepper um and uh that i have like a discussion forum on there it's free to join if anybody's interested um you just have to uh, register and then i have a blog in there that i update with like prepping and survival content uh i just posted an article on uh, nuclear war targets in europe which I think is very relevant now because of, uh, everything going on over there with Russia and Ukraine. So, um, I have a lot of viewers in, in Europe that were asking me to do uh, wow. something about that. So if you're in Europe, check that out, it's on my website. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, you know, that's pretty much it, I guess. I, I don't really have anything too different coming up, just my usual stuff. Um, so, All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping in. I,
0: uh, I do appreciate it. It's been a, been a great conversation for, uh, everybody out there that has, uh, joined live that's here. Thank you. The, uh, comments, the questions, everything. Absolutely. 100% appreciated. If you've made it what an iron five minutes now in the replay world, especially the audio podcast replay world, you are a trooper. Uh, and uh, you definitely—that's definitely a commitment. We uh, we love you for it. So uh, yeah, one last time, podcast sponsored, powered by Trailblazer Firearms. Don't forget those guys. Uh, want to uh, also say uh, thanks to the uh, Firearms Radio Network. That's FirearmsRadio.net. Go check out all the cool podcasts, including this one, over there on FirearmsRadio.net. Um, as always, a big thank you to the Patreon patrons, the YouTube channel members, those that super chat, those that super thanks, those that shop all the cool swag over at clovertaccom shop. Uh, yeah, that is it. So until next time, don't forget to chain fire freedom.
1: We appreciate the Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members who keep
0: these podcasts going. If you're looking for cool stickers, patches, and other gear, be sure to check out Clovertac.com. Thank you for
1: tuning in to this episode of the CloverTack Podcast.